Hello and welcome to a Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris's Corner, or not this time. I am your host, Chris Taylor, and welcome to a brand new episode. This week, we're with Noshin Taranam. Hello. <laughs> and if you could have the microphone just a fist away from yourself there. Okay. Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> so now, nice and relaxed. We don't need to worry about this. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me yeah. and coming all the way to Geneva yeah. to do oh, this. Mate, so, <laughs> so exciting. We've already been, so for those who don't know, we have been hanging around for two days now in Geneva, having a lot of fun, lots of good food, mm-hmm. lots of fantastic like architecture and surroundings, CERN, all of these fantastic Lots of snow. Things. Lots of snow. Yeah, that's, that as well. I was going to ask for my own personal, but like what made you want to come to Geneva in the first place? And... Is it as good as you expected from day one? Okay. Um, so I first decided to study physics when I was in year nine-ish. Um, so that was the first time I was interested in physics in a way that I thought I'm going to make a career out of this. Um, and so when I was back in uni, I was studying phys- uh, physics in general. And then in my third year project, I picked a project on particle physics. So that is when I knew that I'm genuinely interested in particle physics because that's where I get the experience and all the theory that I've worked for for three years almost, I finally got to apply it um, in a project. Um, So that was my first introduction to particle physics. And being interested in particle physics, you have to be interested in the biggest experiment that is on particle physics. Well, one of the biggest experiments in physics period, um, which is here in Geneva, well, France and Geneva border, CERN, uh, where we have the Large Hadron Collider. Um, so always been fascinated by the machinery and how much effort and engineering went into that. Um, so that's why I wanted to come to Geneva. So even though we have, we spoke about this earlier about how the data we have it like all around the world, but I wanted to be near the experiment. So that's why I wanted to come to Geneva. Um, so two years ago, I actually came to a summer school here. Um, and that's when I fell in love with the city as well. Um, loved it, went back, finished my master's and did a bit of che- teaching. Uh, and now I'm here back my PhD and it's been the project I'm working on loving it and it's been as amazing as I thought it would be everything so what would be out of the top highlight so far of working at CERN but also being in Geneva obviously um I would say the sceneries (laughs) get out anywhere you can see the mountains like in the background always um the people here are very very welcoming and it's a very international atmosphere so everyone just everyone's just from a different culture you have so much to learn from literally anyone around you and the it's so international in Geneva that I've actually not met a Swiss person (laughs) everyone is from somewhere else and I mean, I've met people who are half Swiss, yeah. but it's so international that everyone's from either Italy. So the locals the have just been Europe. sold out. They've just <laughs> run away or just been kicked out of the Geneva thing. I think it might be more because of the uh, line of work. So the people I work with are also uh, in particle physics. Yeah. So they come from other places in the world, like me and settle here because of working with um, mm. San. So I think that's one of the reasons why it's always other people, other I meet people from other regions of 
Yeah. yeah. And, and that, that spices up life and gives you a little bit of different perspective, I imagine. Yes, So definitely. do you feel like, is it overwhelming? Is it just ha you're happy to be here sort of thing? Or are you taking it in your stride and just like... Uh, it's a bit of both. Um, overwhelming, definitely. <laughs> like when I, when I have something to present in a meeting and even though I know that my supervisor has got my back, it's, mm. it's still just so intimidating walking into a room where there are, there are people who are like, their specialty is particle physics, they're professors, professors, they've worked on this like their whole life. Mm. And you're there presenting some work and it's like, yes, I'm presenting this, but is it gonna be interesting for them? Has, are they interested in my work? Because they're so experienced exactly. that you're like wondering whether it's gonna be any worth exactly. hearing in the first place. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, yeah, because I'm like, um, like this, these are the results, these are the thoughts I have. like. I'm finding it interesting. I love the information I'm getting, but do they already know it? Do yeah. they think it's worth doing? Do yeah. they do they value my work? Kind yes. of thing. So that is very, very intimidating. And I mean, I'm an experimental particle physicist. Um, and presenting in front of experimental particle physicists is already intimidating. But try doing it in front of because <laughs> everyone's a mini genius in there. But it, but imagine doing it in front of theoretical. Yeah. <laughs> particle yeah, physicists because yeah, yeah. they just have all the knowledge of all the theories and yes. it's just very scary but that is why i'm here to challenge myself and learn everything learn new things every day so yes. it's scary but i'm enjoying it as well yeah that's always good to hear and on top of that to hear that you even though you are surrounded by people who i mean do they What's the sort of reaction you did get? Because obviously you've talked about around what you're thinking in your head. What actually happened when you gave those presentation? What was their sort of reaction? Um, so there's been, so I've, I've been, uh, I've started my PhD in July. So it's been a few months. So there's been quite a, a few um, updates and uh, yes. presentations. So some of them, they've gone very nicely where um, it's uh, someone asking questions that you already know answers to. So Fantastic. it's very nice. Always. Oh, yeah, I do know yeah. this. Um, but there are times when there's been questions where um, I just didn't have the background to answer it. Right. So I obviously either talk to my supervisor, who's also in the room, who has more knowledge about the subject. So she either answers it or um, it's kind of like a discussion mm. point for uh, me as well. So I kind of try to... Um, answer the question um, and also get feedback from them and see and just being honest about it and just saying, I haven't worked on that, but this is what I think. And what do you think about that? Yes. Um, I actually dread uh, presentations where there's no questions. I absolutely hate that. Dead silence at the end. Exactly. Yeah. I absolutely hate that. Um, so there's been, I think, only a handful out of the presentations I've done, but there has been cases where there is silence. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so funny you should say that because like the, the the aim of the game for me is to always have no questions at the end of my question. That's <laughs> uh, so contrast to me. I'm just like, it's always that one person who's got a question where it's like, oh, you're you. Um, but no, that's, that's really interesting because... It's a different perspective, but it's also really intriguing to hear that you're hoping for somebody to come up with a response to the work that you've done. And I'm assuming that's because you're hoping that they're going to ask the question that you know the answer to. I mean, that is the best case scenario. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah definitely. But I, I do hate silence after presentation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Round of applause at the end of it. You just want that. That's what you want something, at least. No, I totally get that. I totally get that. And uh, you... I mean, in those sort of scenarios where you do have so many smart people around you as well, do you find that 
you're learning a lot as well along the way. Definitely, yeah. So, I mean, the so the experiment I'm working on uh, is called Phaser, and uh, it's a very very new experiment. And um, so, and because I started in July, by then already a lot of work had been done on Phaser already. So there's a lot of background that I need to catch up on before mm. I can start contributing mm. to the project. Um, but like you said, because I'm surrounded by so many people who already have, first of all, experience and they're crazy intelligent. So I know that even if I have a problem that I can't solve, I mm. just know that I have a team where I can go and say, I don't know it. And there's going to be someone in the room who is going to be there to answer it. Yes. So yeah. there's always, always, always so much to learn. And there's times where I think I know it, but having that discussion and knowing, oh, wait, I did know it, but I didn't know the other bit that that person knows. So it's always so much to learn, so much yes. to learn. We call it like, we have something called the cycle of research. So it's always you answer a question, but then you have three other questions leading from that. So it just keeps going as a cycle. <laughs> <laughs> and so the people who are above you, I'm assuming like in, in that comparison, they're expecting that. So they're expecting, because you've just described it, like that, that whole like cycle of questions, they're expecting that. They're not expecting you to come up with the amazing answers immediately. Sort of like, yes, I, I'm not exactly. going to come in and just change the, the whole thing. Exactly. But, but at the same time, you, you know, you've got four years to be able to adapt to that, I imagine, as well, and, and enjoy that experience. Yes. Do, you, do you have any goals? What's the aim at the end of those four years? What's the goal for you in this, in this sort of position? Do you have something in mind? Um, at the, I'm, and I'm pretty sure I'll come up with more plans as I go along. Yes. But at the moment, specific to my work, my goal is um, we're doing, I'm part of this um, upgrade that's being done for my experiment. So that is um, maximizing the possibility of the experiment to um, detect a certain kind of particle. So if we can come up and finalize that design by the end of four years and get it in engineering and installed in a tunnel, I would say that. That'd be a successful end wow, to the like leave a mark. Like literally, <laughs> literally in CERN, there's something that you've left behind. So that sounds crazy, like intriguing to say the least. And you could go you know, point like, look, I did that. You know, that's that's it. So so. That's actually one of the reasons that I joined uh, the phaser experiment. So before I started uh, my PhD, mm. I was um, doing my master's and uh, I was working in another experiment called Anubis. Mm. And that was a that was that was a proposal of a project. So it didn't it wasn't mm. nothing was finalized. It's literally just a proposal. And um, I was working on it. And the type of particles that Anubis is trying to detect mm. is the aim for Phaser as well. Mm. So that is one of the reasons I joined Phaser because whatever I did with my masters, if you took it like five years forward, and that was the result of phaser so it was i think i was very lucky to find that experiment just right place right time sort of exactly. thing exactly well. i was just very lucky to find that position and knowing that there is a part of the project that could be done in mm. within a phd so wow and all of that all in the space of how long <laughs> like um do you mean the upgrade? like the process like to get to that point where you're like this is it this is i'm, I'm choosing this project this place this time hitting here now what was uh -huh. that like um yeah, so I was uh, during my masters in the middle mm. of my masters. I was already looking for PhDs. Oh, so you you knew that far back, sort of thing. Yes, yeah. So you have wow. to you have for PhDs you have to apply for it if you want to start next year. You have to apply mm. for it mid masters, so you have which to be is real stressful. certain. Then I'm <laughs> yeah. assuming. My God, because yeah. <laughs> if what happens if you choose something you're just not it doesn't 
obviously not in your case because you're enjoying it right now but like i'm i'm still intrigued you, you just leave the phd Wow. I, I think that is that is a very um i think one of the positives of research as well mm. if you don't want to do it you just leave they're like with the contract i mean you have a contract that tells you uh, because in switzerland you are treated as a young researcher rather mm. than a student mm. when you're um, taken in as a phd student mm. Mm. so you have a contract that tells you how much uh, money you're gonna make and stuff yes but uh, at any point you can just leave and yes. it's not working for you you just leave mm -hmm. um so yeah i think even if you sign up for it if you don't like it there's always a way uh, a way, a way, always out. A way out yeah. nice and so you feel this it's kind of relaxing in that sort of sense because at least if you do make the decision uh, I mean, obviously, if you sign up for this place, that's probably a problem in itself. But there is still the idea that you can get out and, and, and still choose a different path. But you haven't. You're in this great situation. <laughs> so go and building on that. What's you've talked about a lot about like the job and how much you've enjoyed that. Apart from the job, what would say the best thing is? I mean, you said the people, the job like you've been to all these things. Is there something that comes to mind? Obviously, I'm thinking food here. But you're just like. <laughs> bam like what's what's your favorite food place in geneva so far hmm um there's so many yeah. <laughs> there's so many yeah. um but but like you know i mean we've been doing it for the past like, yeah past yeah, yeah past two days where, um and because like it's starting to of, feel it as well <laughs> no, and because it's like the french side of yes. the country um there's so much like french food around and yeah french people know what they do they do yes they know like so um so there's lots and lots of French places that I love, but in terms of Swiss cuisine, I've always loved cheese. So, yes. I mean, the traditional cheese fondue is like one of my favorite things to do, um, things to have. And I think the aspect of cheese fondue that I love the most is, I mean, firstly the cheese, and the second is that it's such a social food. Yes. So you don't just go have it alone. You're no, you're with a party. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always to celebrate kind of the company and then the food is in the middle of it mm -hmm. but i really enjoy like social foods like that where you're socializing around food involvement exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah so i think that is uh one of my favorite things here uh and the chocolate as well I love, <laughs> yeah, I love yeah 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 i can understand that yeah 100 <laughs> yeah and they've, they've got, got such a big selection of all of that i mean the fond i totally i get the whole involvement thing because it just gives an enhancement doesn't it of the experience of, of being with people the conversation almost makes it if you're having a great time with other people and there's good food mm -hmm. it just makes that the whole thing shine a little bit more it gives good memories as well yeah, when it comes down exactly. to it i mean the i can understand the specific place that we went to the lady there she's lovely you've got a really nice ambiance exactly. as you would call it like and you've got mountain pictures and all of these things all of these little details they yeah. build it up don't they yeah. when it comes down to it as well as the food as yeah. well as the high quality it just like adds a little bit yeah to it. and for for switzerland it's not too expensive exactly. i think yeah. adding for switzerland people coming here i'm not gonna try and sell it to you like it's cheap but uh yeah, I, I think that's something that we found out over the past couple of days is like there's certain things that you can get away with, exactly. like meals out together. Uh -huh. And then there's other things that, for instance, shopping. Like, my God. <laughs> Groceries. Yeah, do you want to go through that at all? Like, that was a very big shock when I yeah. came here. It's just the, the grocery prices, it just, 
it's un- unbelievable. Like we went grocery shopping today, mm. and like it's uh, even just broccoli is five pounds or something like that. Just just broccoli. <laughs> you know what's crazy is because like if I go to Audi, I'm gonna buy a kilogram for ninety pence. Like and here, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> try that. Try try getting there. They're just laughing. I think probably. vegetables are like one of the most expensive things in groceries here, so it's very. It's very shocking. <laughs> no very chicken shocking. and broccoli for you, bros. <laughs> like, but yeah, at the end of the day, I think, like you said, you have to be selective, but also it's an expensive city. So yes. it's just kind of, it. I'm, does it even out like wages wise? I don't actually know what it's like here. Uh, yes. So if you're in uh, Switzerland, mm. there is, um, whenever you're paid, it's always, mm. even in discussions and stuff, they'll always say that you'll be paid according to Swiss standards. Right. So they take into account that you are living in Switzerland. Yes. So they take into account that your house prices are going to be very, very high. Yes. Um, your groceries are obviously going to be really pricey. Yeah, yeah. So they take into account that. So okay. if you're working in Switzerland yes. and you want to live in Switzerland, then it's doable. It's, right. it's doable. Okay. And you can still afford to go out and have fun. It's not like yes. you can't do anything with the money. So UK needs to take notes. <laughs> like that's that's really good. Like that's really cool. Like the standard of living here is very, very high. Hmm. Um, so definitely, I mean, uh, you just need a little bit of planning to hmm. use your money, um, but you can definitely do almost whatever you want yeah. with, with your wage. Um, and the standard of living, like the clean, like how clean the city is or the mm. public transport and knowing that you can rely on public transport all throughout the city, <laughs> like you're going to have trams right on time. You're going to have buses right on time. And like, we were waiting for the tram to go to San today. Yeah. And when it said it was going to come, it turned it up there. <laughs> I didn't have anxiety attacks because it potentially could or could not turn yeah. up. I mean, we still took a long time for a walk and move. <laughs> but... I think that says everything you need to know really about it. Like you still took extra time and we were able to still get on the bus. I, I don't yeah. know. It says a lot about where where I'm from, you know, the UK in the sense that they just haven't sorted out the, the transport system mm-hmm. and coming here is a breath of fresh air <laughs> in terms of reliability, mm-hmm. in terms of quality as well. You look mm-hmm. at that public transport, there's not like gum on the floor or anything exactly. like that. It's so clean, yeah. so clean. And I think the... People who live in Geneva, they also take pride that they live in Geneva. Yeah. So they also look after the city mm. equally as like the mm. council or everyone else that's yes. responsible for the city. I can see that because it's reflected in the way they are to people. Like you said, like people are so friendly yep. here. Like, <laughs> bonjour. Like they, just in the way they say things, like it's just a light heartedness to mm-hmm. the interview. So do you have uh, like... A certain region you don't go to or anything along those lines or is geneva just in in a whole like like that you know what i mean um yeah i think geneva full i mean everywhere is is the same like everyone mm. i've interacted with it's always very very um it's always been a pleasant interaction yes. you know um because as you know i mean i'm not fluent in french mm. and i'm kind of mm. hesitant to use french as well but anyone even if they're not fluent in french if mm. they know that i I can't speak French. They always made the effort to know, to at least make sure that I'm okay or I've got mm, what I want mm. in the shop or somewhere else. Or they're just, they're very kind. They're very mm. kind. I've never come across anyone in the past few months where I was just like, oh, that was a weird interaction. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Didn't happen. <laughs> no, it's, it's really positive because they don't look, 
they don't look at you and say oh Englishman like, you just, like, there is yeah. a very like oh yes and yeah. they start they go into English which is really impressive and I, I kind of feel again we're going back to like the whole like we should be doing this and we should be doing that but it's great to see a nice positive side of things especially within Geneva mm. what would you say so you've said transport because that's amazing and you've said about food and stuff like that is there anything else that's just like up in the style of life for you in Geneva up in the style of life hmm so obviously this is nice as well like obviously the studio <laughs> apartment the location yeah. um yeah i would say that actually yes because like we have the old town in mm. the middle of geneva so kind of that is where geneva started so we have the old town and then it kind of modernizes and mm. go out and we have uh, this wall around the old town so it's differentiating between the architecture as well yes so the architecture here is amazing I'm... and it's very very diverse as well yes it's uh, like everywhere you look it's just a different type of design I, and... I love it <laughs> i love it because when you've been showing me around there's always been something different about each part of the city like going from a massive fountain to like walls with different types of for instance that you said earlier about the fountain that has like the, oh yeah uh, drinking water yeah, was so it any running supply of water you see mm. around geneva is drinkable yes so any if if the water's flowing and you know it, if it's coming out of the water, how, how many people means... do you see actually going in there just like face first just sort of like <laughs> drinking out but i doubt that's like no no no, no, no. 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 Um, i can't believe that that's probably not a thing in switzerland they're just like but too... you always see like um, tourists who are aware of this fact mm. they're always mm. going and filling up their water bottles there and that's how i found out right that makes so much sense uh... yeah so the residents never really do it it's always the tourists <laughs> they're doing it just because they're like oh free water it's gonna give me vitamins <laughs> uh, but that's really intriguing because they these little features they always add, add something yeah. special to the city don't yeah they? I think I'd also add the fact that we just have such a huge lake in the middle of the city. Yes. Like, it's just such a refreshing thing because you get out of city life and there's just a lake that you can just go enjoy. Mm. And obviously it's because of winter, we didn't see much buzz around it. Yes. But when you when people come during summer, it's just filled around the lakes. Like yes. Just after office, everyone at five is off and they're yes. chilling in the lake. So that's what I mean by the... Um, living standard like you have work but everyone here i feel just knows how to enjoy life mm. like even my colleagues when i work with them so one of them whenever i ask him you know what were your plans for the evening or the week it's always oh yeah i'm gonna go cycling or like rock climbing i'm gonna do this yes. I'm gonna do that and um, like every colleague i ask they always have plans outside of work and these are that. really busy people like, yes they have lots of projects that they're handling they have so much responsibility but mm. they make sure that they're getting other stuff done as well and i think it's based yeah. around how geneva's built a bit as well oh, okay so there's a little bit of culture in there in sense mm -hmm. it's not just the individuals where it's like the the city itself almost gives you the opportunity to go exactly. out and do stuff like exactly i mean not too far from the ski slopes yeah. stuff like that like hiking is so easy yeah. if you want to go um running in the mountains that's mm. like only 20 minutes that direction wow. by the lake as well when you run yes and it's yeah 
<laughs> all around giving you opportunities other than just working so yes. that's really i mean i've talked about work-life balance all the time mm-hmm. and that's so important so mm-hmm. it's really nice to see like a place you know incorporate that into how they do things i think that's really reflected on how why people are nice as well because if they're doing stuff Mentally, they're like more relaxed. Yeah, exactly. They're not like, oh no, Monday work morning again. work again. Ah, <laughs> oh, will the suffering ever end? No, it's um, it's great to see that because there's so many places that I do know that it's just, it's not, it's a place where you go to work. There is nothing around it. It's just, and there's nothing like that here. I was going to ask you. So you know, we've got the banking here. You've got all of these places. I see in Old Town as well. Does there, is there many offices in Old Town at all, or is it just for living around here? Uh, not in the Old Town itself, but yeah. right by the right around the border of Old Town, mm-hmm. we have like multi-story buildings just for banks and stuff. Right. But in Old Town, it's more focused on like um, personal, like you know, the coffee shop we went to. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's more like just small shops, um, small yes. boutiques very like individual shops that mm, mm. I think it's probably got like family businesses like histories of mm, mm. family just owning shops around here and it's very you won't see any like chain markets or chain restaurants here so it's very because I love going to um I try to avoid chain <laughs> yeah you're, you're going to so. unique places exactly, that have personality exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um so it's usually places like that around old town and mm. um, the business centers are right right outside Old town. Yeah. I mean, I love that because with every place we've been to, there's been something different about mm. the places we've gone. Well, that coffee shop you said, it was like vegan and like it was focused on health clearly and focused on being, it was really small, wasn't it? In the sense like it had so much stuff. The gentleman was so friendly and there was seats outside. It's like literally on the windowsill, wasn't there? So the coffee shop where you walk past, it looks like it's just a window ledge with a coffee shop in it which is crazy uh and on a slope that looks like a mini village sort of thing so it's 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 really interesting how they've made it possible Mm -hmm. in the first place for people Mm -hmm. to set that up because Mm -hmm. you know everything's up for a fight in london isn't there Mm -hmm. for for every piece of property and i think that's the same in a lot of major cities Mm -hmm. so it's good to see that Mm -hmm. there's still little businesses thriving almost yeah Sorry. No, 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 no. I was intrigued to, to carry on, go from there. But from in regarding little businesses, did you see any difference? Like, I know you weren't here before the pandemic, but do you did you find anything out during the pandemic, whether they suffered, whether there was any business shutdowns in, in Geneva at all? Was there any serious differences? I'm not aware of, uh, like, small businesses shutting down, but they were definitely, I assume, they were definitely affected the same yes. way that UK was. Yeah. Um, but I think the culture of eating out here is very big. Ah, like, I yeah. was telling you yesterday about, like, here, during lunch and breakfast, I see people in restaurants all the time. Mm. It's very rare to see that in the UK. Like, during lunch, it's very it's, empty It in is, the UK. always. Here, it's filled. Restaurants are always filled with people. Mm. So I think maybe I'm just, I'm just... Um, assuming this is what happened, but maybe during the pandemic, people were investing more on takeaways, maybe. So maybe that's why the restaurants might have survived. But I'm not too sure about... Well, like you said, there's so many people out there doing Mm -hmm. it that it gets to a point that's 
I don't know. It just feels as if it's ingrained. Yeah. <laughs> I can't see that in the UK. I see that purely here where everyone's just so involved in get, going to the restaurants. And like you said, the shopping's so expensive that yeah. you might as well go to the restaurant exactly. to be able to get, like, have it. Yes. It's going to be the same amount. Exactly. Actually, That's grocery nice. shopping would probably be more expensive. <laughs> as someone who likes to go shopping to be able to cook his own food, that hurts a little bit mm -hmm. because that's like takes away a little bit of my freedom but on the other hand i can really appreciate when the food here is really healthy we haven't mentioned this but yeah. like if you do go out it's not like in the uk where you feel unhealthy after going out you feel like you're actually still staying on track that's so uh, true yeah that's very true i was like measuring my macros you know i'm like, like measure i was measuring like how much protein and stuff was in the meals and i was like blown away by how easy you can to stay on track for that i mean the only things here you need to worry about is cake really yeah, isn't it you know you just, just stay away yeah. stay from well have the cake on the weekends yeah. you know and en enjoy that but yeah t i'll tell you what one thing i was gonna ask you about what is the favorite dessert you've had? Because you're a dessert person. Oh, yes. Like, what's the best so far? Oh, there's so many. <laughs> Maybe if you can't pick one, ring off, like, the ones that come to head that you're like, I've had five and they're amazing. Like, they're always good. Actually, one that has stuck with me mm. is... Um, you know the bakery we went to yesterday? Yes. Christie's Bakery? Yes, Christie's. So yeah. the first time I went there, I had this cake called the Napoleon. Oh, and it's yes. like pastry, and then it's layered with custard. But the, the custard is not runny, it's set mm. custard. And it's just layers of that. So it's a bit similar to, I think, a French dessert on Milfair. Mm. I probably pronouncing it wrong, mm. but mm. I think that is how it's pronounced. Um, so yeah, so you just cut into it, and it's pastry and cream, and pastry and cream. It's just layered. And yeah, that was... I think I really enjoyed that one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think a traditional thing for Swiss cuisine is um, meringue and double cream mm -hmm. that we had yesterday. Yes. So that is one of my favorite things uh, about the Swiss cuisine as well. So the meringue is uh, quite different from how the UK uh, cuisine make, uh, has mm. it. So it's a bit more, a bit more texture to it, I think. It's less chewy. Yes. There's less there's yes. less chew to it than you would normally find if you were to purchase something mm, in the UK, mm -hmm. 100%. And uh, the double cream, uh, it comes from this place called Gruer, which is um, a village close to Geneva. Yes. And uh, it's got, oh, I just love double cream from there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the Swiss cows. <laughs> I mean, I can't argue. It is really, and you can just have a tablespoon of it and not feel like, oh, this is too rich. I know. It is exactly. really smooth as exactly. well, isn't it? Mm. I think that's a repeated concept with all the foods around here, isn't yes. it? Because you have it and... I'm not, not sick. Over, exactly. It's not over... You just don't yeah. feel bad about that. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And more than that, I always feel that whenever I've had a meal there, I do not feel like I can't have another one, which mm. is crazy for me because I'm normally, I'll have a meal at a restaurant and that's it. I'm done for the day because there's just so much, so filling, but it's really nice to be able to feel a little bit lighter than, than doing that. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, I think there's so much to give here in Geneva when it comes down to food, <laughs> as you've proven, like, you know, over the past few days. Is there anywhere that you haven't tried that you're just keen to, to see? Well, I'm a very, very big fan of um, gelato. 
Mm, <laughs> but yes. I've, I've, I know about a few gelato places around, but because of winter, I'm kind of <laughs> yeah. not been there yet. I have it on my agenda, but mm. I'll make it one, at one point. There's loads of uh, restaurants that I know about around Geneva as well. So I follow a food blogger on Instagram who um, does all the updates of like restaurants around here. Right. And I've just got so many on my list that I need to get through. Um, Keep them close until you've done them. You can, you can write about them. You can create your own blog after that and they go from there. But yes. But there is honestly, when I go through a page, there's just so much. There's mm. so many restaurants and all of them are just personal businesses. They're not chains. And I love that about it. And yeah, they're, they're, obviously it's French food. And yeah, loads on the list that I haven't made it to yet. Yeah, that's <laughs> always good because they, I mean, sometimes you can feel you can be in a city for, and I've, I've found this myself, been in it for like two days and you've done it, that's it. There's nothing left in there. You've done all the fun stuff. Geneva just keeps on giving. So I'm intrigued to see where you keep going with these. So I look forward to seeing the photos of the, the next like round of desserts to but, go from there. But another interesting thing about Geneva is that you have obviously the, um, restaurants and stuff going on in the city center yeah. but even like just 20 minutes driving the well in any direction you'll just be in a remote place yeah and yeah. again you have these new restaurants and new views and new sceneries and completely a different way of life mm. and it like going to the getting to the alps is so easy and i actually actually there is one restaurant up in the alps that do cheese fondue so i want to the view, the food, the epicness, yeah, exactly. all of it. Yeah. That is amazing. <laughs> oh my God. That, yeah. See, this is the thing. When you have a perspective on where you want to travel and you're on your own, you have things in your mind where you want to go, but when you have someone else tell you something, you're like, wow, this is a completely different way of doing things. I would never have done this, but I'm glad I did. So it's good to, to get these. And I imagine when you point out these places like Christie's. I mean, Christie's, we, we could go on because that shop deserves so much credit. There's so many good things in there. There's it's all classy as well, isn't it? The decoration. Oh, God, yeah, I've got so many photos of it. The fact that it does both savory and sweet. So I, I recognize that because I had a, a salmon bowl and I felt like I was like, this is great. This is good for me. And then I also have got my five a day just by eating this one bowl, basically. It's crazy. And then I had a slice of cake that was absolutely delicious. The cheesecake there is brilliant. Completely uh, different way of doing cheesecake. And you're a big cheesecake fan, mm, so you have like loads of tastes exactly, to compare it to. Exactly. And so they did, if they can nail down a basic, that means everything else is just going to be a win. Exactly. So I totally agree with you on that. <laughs> what else is there? We've done so many things over the past couple of days. I mean, because yesterday after like I came back, after I came back home and I was just uh, thinking about the stuff I did. And then I thought about something else. I was like, oh, how did I fit that? How did that? When did we do that? Yes. <laughs> it feels for, for me, whenever I'm traveling, it feels you jam pack the days and it just I gets to the point. Do that. Yeah, yeah. And you get to the point where you just like, you just collapse after every day. And uh, that's how we've done it so far. And it's worked so, so far. And yeah. We've still got energy to burn. So yeah, let's it, see how we do it on yeah, day four. It, it's like, um, it's like, um, what's the word? It's like a trait you will definitely find if you're on a day out with me. <laughs> right. I will pack it. So I mean, we did the same in Cambridge, didn't yes, we? Yes, <laughs> that's so true. And the, I, 
so funny with the guys like no one no one backed out everyone was up for it everyone continued to do it and by the end of the day everyone was so happy with what they did yeah um, I felt like I was the letdown by being the first to leave that time so yeah. I you know this is this is I'll be the first to join today in this time so I've switched it around first to arrive and this time the other guys will be last to leave so yeah you're actually yeah. the first person who's like yes. visited me from the UK yes so. I feel very privileged I think this is a great way to test traveling mm -hmm. to those who are listening and are afraid of traveling don't be just do the rules and you'll be fine I think there's a lot I don't want to sound political but overhype a little bit in the scared of being protected and mm -hmm. stuff like that but be safe yeah so we want to say say that but we've had a great time I think the flight was smooth for me I think it's going to say, and you're going back to the UK in, in on the December, 21st. 21st. Yeah. So for you, it's just going to prove even more that other people can get back and forth between their home country and, and, and other things as well. Yeah, I think in terms of traveling now, I think people hesitate a lot when it comes to like PCR tests and stuff like yes. that. But I think it's very um, important to realize that the information to get those tests is very readily available. Yes. So it's, it's only like a search away. It's mm. just so easy to find mm -hmm. the information you need. So only because you see there's a PCR test, don't, like, don't make that the reason that discourages you from yes. going forward. Because that is the easy, like, that is an easy part of the whole yeah, process. 100%. So, yeah. Yeah, because it can feel real scary when you're first doing it. You're thinking of all the things that can exactly. go wrong, exactly. getting stuck in Switzerland <laughs> and all of those things. But I think the, the good thing is once you get past it and you are on the other side, this is obviously, I'm, I'm going to say this, it's a very, comes from a privileged position because these tests do cost money. I'm not going to afford that. Yes. And some people are just looking to get cheap flights. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I will refrain from saying that. But if you do feel like you're not doing it because you're afraid of things, exactly. then we're here to say it's, it's okay. Exactly. So, so, so. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. We're positive people in the first place. <laughs> so that's, that's the big thing, isn't it? And mm -hmm. um, I think that in the summer, in comparison to winter i mean you were saying like geneva is a completely different place oh yeah like, completely the... like the um, the amount of people you see just um going by the lake is mm. insane because mm. it's just such a nice cozy place to relax you yes. know after work it's just perfect for a swim mm. and the water temperature is just sunny and it's when you come out it's just warm and around you just have these like amazing restaurants and foods and food stalls and yeah. it's just amazing and i mean you have mountain mountains whichever direction you look yeah and you're just like <laughs> covered by mountains so that's amazing view amazing temperature so summer is just the best place uh, best time to be in geneva but also i'm a big fan of snow so <laughs> i do enjoy Brilliant. winter and snow uh, winter sorry snow in geneva as well so talking to you obviously we've got to make dinner now and, <laughs> yeah. and i've just realized i've just been talking to you for 40 minutes already well, and we so, so we had a late lunch <laughs> that's true as well so you know i love that we've had this video i love that you've talked about Geneva. i love that you've talked about um the whole experience of what it's been like to move to a different country is there any advice you'd give to someone who is going to move to a different country i think if you're planning on settling something mm. abroad I would definitely, definitely say visit it first. So mm. before I made the decision of coming to Geneva and settling here for the next four years, mm. um, I had that experience to see the city and see the environment and the culture and the people two years before I moved here. So mm. I had get that perspective before you move to mm. a country because moving is, 
it, it is a difficult process at the end of the day like you're completely changing your lifestyle you're moving mm. to a completely different place so a lot of effort goes in a lot of money goes in and you want to do that when when you've experienced it and you're you're sure that that is something that you want mm. that doesn't mean that i mean there's always going to be times where you have experience and you still move and you still don't like it but those are i mean those can happen as well mm. but i would say definitely visit it before or maybe multiple times as well before actually making that decision That's of big. moving yeah. um one thing i would definitely recommend which i haven't done but i'm i'm struggling and dealing with it now is learn the language that you're moving yes to. learn the language of the place that you're moving to because it just it will make your life easier and it just shows that you care about the place as well and its yes. culture definitely i regret not doing that and mm. I'm going to put in more effort in the coming months to make sure that I can um pick up on French and actually be able to use it outdoors and with people and the native yeah. <laughs> speakers here because they um, appreciate it, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, so I would definitely definitely recommend learning the language. Mm. Um um what else? Also like if you're moving for a job, make sure I mean that comes with any job really, but make sure that you've had meetings with um your supervisor more multiple times before the actual move mm. so that you get a lot of information from them as well in yes. terms of oh, and that can be for boss or anything in any sort of job kind of exactly well. yeah. yeah so make sure that or even colleagues like yes. if you have your boss because a lot of information that i got was from uh, one of the postdocs that's in the same project right and she um obviously she a few years ago she had the same experience as me where she had to move from italy mm. so they obviously know a lot more 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 recent information that needs to be given to you mm. so make sure that you're talking to your teammates and just getting information from them before you make that decision of what else you need what else needs to be done yeah i mean well said uh, all of those things moving understanding the place learning the language shout out to Duolingo. definitely <laughs> <laughs> definitely use it because it's useful uh but also getting people's advice because you're going to be working i'm assuming you're currently still working with that person that postdoc or yes okay yeah. mm -hmm. so that means that they will have your back a little bit exactly in, in, so that yeah. can be even a colleague in a different company or anything exactly. on those lines that you're moving to um I think this is relatively uh, relative to anyone moving to a different city or a new, new place, new university for that mm -hmm, case. So mm -hmm. really useful yeah. information. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, brilliant. I think another thing I would like to add would be that because you're moving to a completely different country mm. and obviously you're leaving your family behind and everyone you've grown up with yes. like in a different country. Go so, make new friends. Exactly, <laughs> definitely. But here's the thing. People need to realize that making those friendships and takes a bit of time mm, after moving. Yeah. So for the first few weeks, of course you're going to meet people. Yes. But at that point, they're still colleagues. Yes. You know. So becoming becoming friends takes a bit. Yes. Of time. Don't think it's immediate. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So yeah. for the first week, if you don't have someone to do something with, or you know you're having to do something just alone. Yes. Don't be afraid. Or don't be don't oh, love that. Don't yeah. think that oh no, this is like bad. I'm alone. Like, I don't have friends. Oh no, what's yes. gonna happen? Like, is this how I'm gonna feel like for the next month? Like, mm. why did I leave my country? Mm. But that is completely normal because mm. building friendships take time, mm. and you're gonna meet loads of people uh, when you move into your job or whatever mm. whatever reason you mm. move for. But just being alone for the first few weeks or not having someone to rely on in this country yes. is is completely normal. 
Yes, it is. And you become stronger because of it. Exactly. And it's nothing but positives from that. You're going to learn how to live on your own. You're going to learn how to adapt into a new environment. And along the way, you'll learn how to make new friends in different, maybe not even be in your job. You might meet them outside of work. So there's that as well. Uh, So all all good, like solid advice. I've used it myself before. So I (laughs) totally agree. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to understand as well that you can come from somewhere else you can be different and and work in a new area and adapt and show that you know just being a good person is going to really make you a lot of friends along the way and all exactly. those things so yeah great way really positive way to end the podcast Nash, <laughs> and i love it yeah really really good so uh thank you so much for being on thank you for giving me your time and thank you for letting me come visit in uh, geneva thank you for having me on your podcast this was this was fun <laughs> <laughs> so guys sorry that the camera has cut out that's my fault for not charging it properly but thank you for for those who are just listening you know that what this is about to say this has been a taylor's tales podcast this has been chris's corner i'm your host chris taylor and as always i'll see you next week